Because everything you dealt with last week, I didn't deal with. But everything I dealt with last week, you didn't deal with. But I know when we come into the sanctuary, I know you dealt with something. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I didn't deal with nothing last week. Well, keep on living, baby girl. You're going you're gonna to deal with something. You're going to deal with something. And when you come into the sanctuary, when we praise him together, we celebrate him, we promote him, and we reference him because we want to. We want to praise God. We want to celebrate God. We want to adore God. Not because you're making me, but because I want to. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. The term continuous, it can be defined as without interruption. Continuously suggests that my actions are recurring regularly and without interruption. The word is synonymous with words like constant, non-stop, unbroken, and persistent. And the opposite of that is broken, unstable, and unsteady. When it comes to the things of God, we want to be continuous in our prayer life, meditating on God's word, and sharing his word. Also, we want to be continuous in our giving as well as in our praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In our praise to Jesus, we want to be constant and without interruption. And one thing I've learned, it takes a well-made-up mind to remain constant in the things of God in peaceful and prosperous times, just like it does when there's trying and troubling times. I must make the choice to continue. And I'm going to say that again. I must make the choice to continue. In today's message, our focus will be on a continuous praise. I'm gonna, we're going to take David as our example today in Psalms 34 and 1 when it's clear and on, his, on his declaration to praise God nonstop even when someone is trying to do you harm. It's, it, it, is as, it, it is as David has received this revealed truth about the benefits of praising and trusting our God. And David knew God to be a deliverer as well as one to be relied on, trusted above everything and everybody, and one who deserved to be magnified. So we see here in Psalms 34 and 1, it's in the, in the first part of this, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. He says, I will bless. I'm going to celebrate God. I'm going to adore him. I'm going to adore my Jehovah, the one true and living God. Not sometimes, but at all times. And we see, we know the Lord to be the self-existing one. That means he reveals himself in a number of different ways. He, he reveals himself as a deliverer, as a protector, as a healer. And one of my favorite is he is a keeper. He, is, he knows how to keep us better than we keep ourselves. In fact, one of the things I'm learning as I get older in Christ is that God will keep you in the midst of everything you deal with. If you want to be kept, that is. David says, I will celebrate and, and adore Jehovah at all times. Not every so often or sometimes, but at all times. And then we celebrate him. We're celebrating him, which means I'm admiring him. I'm expressing an admiration and appreciation to him. And adore means I'm going to love and respect him deeply. I will worship him, kneel down, or humble myself before him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm intentional to reference him, promote him, and celebrate him. See, praising Jesus is a personal or private or individualized thing that I choose to do. You got to choose to worship Jesus. And I'm saying this to you. If you get old in life, you deal with life, you have to make that choice. You have to make that choice. I ain't talking about when you're feeling good and you, oh, everything's wonderful. I'm talking about sometimes you have to praise God like David when things are not going the way that you want them to go. 
And he, he prays him at all times. While we may sing our songs together, the sincerity and depth of our praise comes forth based on our, how connected we are to our Jesus. As I sing to Jesus and I worship Jesus, that's how my praise should be. One thing I've learned is others cannot see my connection. But I must know I have a connection with my Jesus and that, that, and that connection is real. Nobody can see my connection, how connected to Jesus. And you don't know if it's a small connection, a big connection, or somewhere in between. But I do know this. I should, I've got to know that I'm connected to Jesus. Sincere praise comes from me knowing who Jesus is in my life, what he's done for me, and what he's doing for me. So therefore, my personal praise is predicated on my relationship, my connection, my ongoing interaction with him. I'm closely connected to him because he means so much to me. He means so much to me. In fact, he means everything to me, be honest with you. I, you know, and it takes time to get to the point where he means everything to you. That means that even when you mess up, you're going to say, God, I'm so sorry I did that right there. Because, you know, that's not your nature. That's not who you are. And so I want to make sure that my connection stays solid. I want it to stay solid. If anything I see trying to break the connection, I'm going to get that thing right because it's so important that I have that connection with him. I can celebrate people who I know are good to me, love me, and care for me, and celebrate me. But our Jesus is in a class, is on a level all by himself. And how he loves us, he cares for us, he protects us and prospers us. He is our deliverer and our comforter. He gives so many of us reasons to praise him continuously. And one thing I've learned, and even with studying this, I've learned that the reason you praise him is a personal reason to you. To you. And just like it's a personal reason to me. Because everything you dealt with last week, I didn't deal with. But everything I dealt with last week, you didn't deal with. But I know when we come into the sanctuary, I know you dealt with something. Mm -hmm. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I didn't deal with nothing last week. Well, keep on living, baby girl. You're going you're gonna to deal with something. You're going to deal with something. And when you come into the sanctuary, when we praise him together, we celebrate him, we promote him, and we reference him because we want to. We want to praise God. We want to celebrate God. We want to adore God. Not because you're making me, but because I want to. I want to. And see, my clap is real because I want to clap for him. My hallelujah is for real because I want to love him. I want to celebrate him. I want to adore him. I want to love him because I want to. What would it be like if, if you had to make me love my children? You got to make me love my children. I mean, you know, they my child. I should want to love my children. And let me say this to you, as much as I love them, sometimes I got to make a choice to love them. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all get Keep praying. Keep living long enough, pray to God. Keep, keep, keep living. The more that I know about him, the better I can bless him at all times, as David reminds us in Psalms 34 and 1. Now, I want to look at seven. Of course, there's many reasons. In fact, uh, as I was studying this, I realized there's literally an unlimited number of reasons to praise our God. I'm just going to deal with seven this morning. Number one, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. And I'm saying he's my shepherd, he's my ruler, he's my teacher, and there's that word again, he is my keeper. And I shall not want or be in lack or be without. See, I will bless the Lord at all times because I know and understand that he is a master teacher, a keeper, and a ruler. He keeps me when others have given up on me. He keeps me when I've given up on myself. And any time I felt like giving up, I realized his keeping power was bigger than my giving up. I had to ask God, Lord, just, just, just do what you do, God. I don't know if you've been living long enough, but I don't know. I prayed the prayer. Lord, I don't even know what to say in this situation. 
I don't even know what to do in this situation. But just the fact that you, I know that you're there with me. That means you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And so I know you're there, even though I don't feel any goosebumps going down my spine. I know that you are there. Because why? You promised to be there. You promised to be there. And my relationship is deeper and bigger than a goosebump. <laughs> That's for he is my shepherd. And, and one thing I've learned about that is he told me that he was keeping me. Listen to that carefully. I didn't know he was keeping me until he taught me that he was keeping me. He taught me, and said, when he says he was keeping me, I didn't really realize how much he was keeping me until I got into his word and realized that he was keeping me more than I thought he was keeping me. Mm -mm -mm. Lord, I appreciate you keeping me, God. And I appreciate the fact that he is my shepherd. And I praise him for his keeping power and his provision. And I shall not want. Reason number two, the Lord is my refuge and strength. A very present help. Psalms 46 and verse 1. The Lord is, excuse me, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Ooh, I love that one, boy. Because he has been a very present, not future, but present help. And why? There's trouble around. It's, it's trouble around. And he's my refuge. He's my hope. He's my shelter. And he is my strength and he is my might. A very present help. That means he aids me. He assists me and he relieves me in trouble, distress, and tribulation. One lesson I've learned about that is that we would be in a lot more trouble if God was not our refuge and our strength. We would be in a lot more trouble if God did not protect us from stuff that we can't even see. We would be in a lot more trouble if we really had to pretend, excuse me, rely on our own ability to keep ourselves out of trouble. But even when it passes the refuge and strength, if it passes that, if you get past that, he going to help me. You got to hear that. See, the refuge and strength keeps a lot of, we read in the New Testament, he is the shield of faith. But if he gets past that, then he is the one who's going to help us in that situation. So that means it's a lot of stuff I'm praising him for I didn't have to deal with. But I'm also praising him if I do have to deal with it, he's going to help me to deal with it. I appreciate that about God because God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. So I celebrate and praise him for being my refuge and my strength. And the Lord is going to help us not to get in trouble. And if we do, he's going to help us to get out of trouble. I appreciate the God. And when the enemy was attacking, attacking us, people were doing and saying twisted things about us, money looking and acting funny, the Lord continues to be our refuge and our hope. When I feel hopeless, he continues to give me hope. And my, he is my hope and my strength. He's my strength. When my strength was fading, he is our strength. He is, I like what it says here. Listen, he is a very present help in the time of trouble. How many times has he brought us relief to us? Financial relief, emotional relief. But when we had pain in our bodies, he brought relief. You thought it was that, uh, that pill you took, but God was the one. Whoo, glory be to God that brought you the relief. You know, sometimes we can get caught up in taking 300 milligrams, 400 milligrams, or some of us take four, five, 300, four, four, three, four, you know who you are. But you think that's it. But God is the one that brings the relief. Never get caught up in a pill because you can take a pill one day and that pill don't work. And therefore, if you get caught up in the pill, you're going to miss out on what's happening or what God is doing in your life. I'm not saying don't take the pill. I'm just saying be led by the Holy Spirit. That's for, therefore, I will bless him at all times. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. These are reasons why I praise an all-powerful and all-knowing God because it solidifies my praise. The third reason I want to look at, the Lord is my shield and buckler, Psalms 91 and verse 4. In fact, Psalms 91 is just a good scripture to know, um, excuse me, a good passage to know, Psalms 91. 
But this particular part of Psalms 91, verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. I like that because in under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth, truth is divine instructions, shall be your shield. And buckler, something that surrounds you. How many times have we heard a message from God and a feeling of protection came over us? His truth, his divine instruction shall be our shield and our buckler. See, truth shields me from poverty. Truth shields me from anger. Truth shields me from suicide. Shit. Truth shields me from oppression and depression. It is truth that is my shield and my buckler. Thank God for truth because if not, these things can just run havoc in your life. The things I just mentioned now, they'll run havoc if you don't have the truth of God's word to protect you from that. Because I don't know about you, but I have sit up in the middle of the night, dark and everything else, and these thoughts just came running across my mind. I mean, they just kept running and running and running, but truth arrested those thoughts. Casting down every imagination, everything that dissolved itself against the knowledge of God. Cast it down. And then I go able to, oh, okay. That's not what God said. God said this right here. You should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I lay looking, so I just took, you know, once the truth started working in me and started working these thoughts out of me, I was able to rest. I was able to rest. See, God has a way of surrounding us and placing the shield around our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I don't know about you. I'm going to be a little open right here. I need God's word to help me with my mind, my will, and my emotions. Because I got some stuff going on up here. Oh, glory be to God. Number four, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalms 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So he says here, the Lord is my light. He illuminates in every sense. And my salvation, he is my deliverance, my protection, my prosperity, and he rescues me from every harm and danger that comes my way. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the place of safety and protection of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And see, I like the fact that he illuminates. He illuminates my day. This is a day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. He illuminates my life. Oh, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He, he illuminates my prosperity. He says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in hell, even as thy soul prosper. And he's the light of instruction. He gives me instruction. How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead and guide us into all truth. And the more I allow him to illuminate and open, bring me light, I can see clearly. I can see clear now. I can see. I love what David said. David said, your word is a light into my feet. And so every time he walked around, he had a light that showed him where he was going. I like the fact that God will show you where you're going. And not only that, it'll show you the obstacles that come up in your way. I remember growing up as a young, young, that's a young lad. <laughs> Y'all still am a young lad. <laughs> Woo, glory be to God. And sometimes we would walk in dark places, and, and we didn't. And, and and I don't know about you, but we didn't have a we didn't have no flashlight because we couldn't afford one. And so, but every now and then we hit that dark spot. And, but if you if you're not familiar with that territory, you had to be careful because if not, you'd be on fell off in some, stomped, stepped on some, or whatever the case may be. It was always good when you got a little light to show you where you were going. You didn't need much, but you need a little light to know where you're going, praise God. Because if not, you're going to step on something, you're going to hit something, you're going to, uh, uh, something will try to jump on you, or somebody's going to try to play, play a trick on you and try to scare you. But one thing about it, God says, I'll light your pathway. You're going to know where you're going. Listen, they're going to talk about sickness. You say, no, God is a healer, praise God. They're going to talk about you're going to be bound the rest of your life. No, God is a deliverer. I got light on that situation. They're going to say you're going to be broke all, all the days of your life. Oh, no, God, he's going to bless me and prosper me all the days of my life. Why? Because he's showing me where I need to go. 
He's lighting my pathway up. He's a light, praise God. Thank God he is a light. And for many of us, we were once in darkness, and we can appreciate God's light. See, darkness suggests that we will unlearn, untaught, and, and obscurity. And obscurity meaning doubt, cloudiness, and ambiguity. And ambiguity. There it is. He lights up things for us as we walk with Christ. Our life becomes clear. We can see purpose and we can see our destiny. I promise you, you'll see your purpose and your destiny the more you walk with him. And the reason some people don't know their purpose and their destiny, they haven't walked far enough. They have not walked far enough. It would be like me trying to tell a third grader, I know what you're going to do when you get 32 years old. But you got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. You got to keep progressing. You got to keep learning. You got to stay in his face. You got to learn about him. And the more you learn about him, the more you're going to see clearly what your purpose and your destiny is. And if you don't know, continue to walk by faith and not by sight. God will continue to illuminate you what your purpose and what your purpose and your destiny is. Every aspect of our lives, the Lord will bring light to us. And that light brings his deliverance, his protection, and his prosperity. He is the strength of my life. How many can agree that God's the strength of your life? Whew. I mean, how many would mean be here if God did not help you along the way? I mean, this, that's real talk. You see them hands raised? That's a real testimony because they know that God is the one who brought them out. And so... This is another reason we praise God. His name is my strong tower. Proverbs 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I like the fact the name, his reputation, his reputation, his honor, and his authority of the Lord is a strong tower. It's mighty, it's bold, and powerful. He is, his name, just his name alone. It's bigger than Rockefeller and Hughes and all those. His name, his name is bigger than Dobbs, y'all. It's bigger. God's name, the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee going to bow and every tongue going to confess. Whether you want to or not, I'd rather do it because he asked me to than him to be one day be forced to. You say, I don't want to bow before him. Well, one day you're going to have to bow. One day you're going to have to bow. I choose to bow him instead of wait till I get over there and be made to. Uh, let, me get, let me get that some. Oh, good God almighty. But when I know and understand the power that is in the name of Jesus, I can praise him in a greater way. His authority over sickness, disease, demons, and the devil, God got authority. And this is what you need to know. He's not lost one ounce of authority and power over these things since the beginning. He's always been more powerful than any demon or devil. Now, people will paint the picture like God has lost a little power along the way. But let me say this to you. Your unbelief does not stop God's power. God's power is real, y'all. His power is still, he's still the king of kings. He's still the Lord of lords. He's still El Shaddai. And let me say this to you, they can discover new sickness and disease, but it will not change God's power in our lives. It won't change it. It won't change it. His name is strong, mighty, bold, and powerful. I will praise him because I can call on his name. I can use his name in faith and expect things to happen. I can say in the name of Jesus, be healed. And, and I believe it's going to, that person's going to be healed. They may not be healed right this second, but let me say this to you. It won't take long, praise God. It's, they're going to be healed. And then only that, in the name of Jesus, be free because his name works. His name works. His name is in the elevated place, a strong tower with miracles, signs, and wonders attached to it. And I will praise and celebrate him because of his name. Number six, he is Jehovah Raha, my healer. Psalms 30 and 2, oh Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried. I, I cried out to you, and you healed me. You made me whole. You restored me and repaired me mentally and physically. God heals us mentally as well as physically. 
When I'm going through, I can cry for help. And he promises to heal me. He promises to restore me, repair me, and make me whole. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And one thing I've learned over the years, y'all, God's idea of healing you is his plan for your life. Because sometimes God's healing may not be what we want to see, but it is what God wants to happen. God knows how to heal you. Somebody said, well, God didn't heal him. Yes, he did. Some people are going to be healed eternally, put on a new body, a, a glorified body. That is eternal healing. They ain't got to worry about taking no medicine. They ain't got to worry about being overweight. They ain't got to worry about diabetes. They ain't got to worry about no sickness or disease because they will be eternally healed. You ask God to heal. Let me, oh, I wrote this down. I thought this was good. You can call God on God to heal you before symptoms even show up. You can go, you, listen, some of you know it works. You, you, could, you called on God and he healed you and you didn't even feel one symptom. You did not even feel one symptom. Oh, yeah, you, you did. Listen, God can heal you even before the sickness or disease shows up. And even if it do show up, God can still heal your body. Boy, that's a powerful God, ain't it? I mean, doctors got to wait for symptoms to show up before they start doing anything. But God ain't got to wait for any symptoms. God can heal your body before the symptoms show up. And even after they show up, he can still heal your body. He can still deliver you. God is a healer. God is a healer. I know, Pastor, I, I, I didn't feel no symptom. That don't mean God wasn't healing your body. I'd rather for God to heal my body before the symptoms show up than to wait till I get all sick in my body, can't hardly move, and then asking God to heal my body. I believe God is a healer. Are y'all following me? He can heal you before the symptoms show up, and he can heal you after the symptoms show up. God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. Therefore, we need to always pray, God, I want you to heal my body. In fact, let's do this right quickly. You, you can just lift one hand and say, Lord, heal my body in Jesus' name. That's it. You don't know what this got out of your body just like that. This you got delivered from just like that. Well, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't feel no symptom. I'm telling you, it don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. God is a healer. Another one is the Lord is my provider. Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And my God shall supply. He's going to complete so that nothing's lacking. What? All your need. Not part, but all your need. What's necessary. What's dutiful. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A necessity is something that is essential or required. And the Lord promises to supply it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And see, in glory, nothing runs out. Nothing runs out. There is no lack in glory. And God can supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That means every need is going to be supplied. I just keep believing his promise. Well, I don't see it yet. I just believe his promise till it manifests. Till it manifests. He does it. And now that I know even more about who he is according to his written and revealed word, I can understand why David was so bold to say in Psalms 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And one thing I understood, and I'm, I'm, I'm understanding more that it's bigger than a song or a shout. It's about relationship. Because I need to know that God would do it even if he chooses to wait to do it. Mm. I still got to love him anyway because the fact I know he'll do it. I know he'll supply the need. I know he'll bring the healing. You know, I was listening you know, when you start looking up scriptures on praise and worship and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, this video short came across. And I, I remember I was looking for socks or something along that line last night. And I was listening short. It played about two or three times. And uh, first, I heard it. But, you know, I didn't hear it. Then I heard it. 
but I didn't quite understand it. Then third, I heard it again, and it finally rung upon me. And I said, okay, God, I hear you. And one of the things I learned was is that you still got to love God while you're waiting for the natural manifestation of the promise. And the question that it was proposed to me, and I'm, I'm proposing for you is this. Can you praise him while you're waiting for the promise? Or do you have to wait for something to happen before you give God glory? I said, okay, God. I got to make sure. Even the, and this is the thing. The, the Hebrew boys had, had it down. They said, God, you know what? Uh, excuse me. Oh, King, even if he don't deliver us, he is still able to do it. And you know what, what, what I'm learning about the Bible? One lesson I'm learning about the Bible is this. is that God will show you different scenarios in Scripture to show you how to respond. But the question is, when you get in that similar scenario, will you respond how he wants you to respond? Because I was thinking, these brothers still got thrown into the fiery furnace. Even though they made that great statement, they, that, that fire was still heated up seven times. It was heated up, and they still got thrown into the fire. In fact, the person who threw them in the fire got burned up. Man, can we still praise God when we're going to be thrown into the, our, our fire? Not the three Hebrew boys, but I'm talking about your affliction. The stuff burn up people around you. I'm talking, will you still praise God when you're going through what you're going through? Will you still say, God, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Why, this is on me like this. I'm burning up, Lord. Woo! Will I still bless the Lord at all times? No music playing, but will I still? Praise teammate up here with the microphones. Will I still bless the Lord? While you at your job, while you in your business, while you dealing with your family, while you dealing with your financial situation, when the doctor breaks the news to you that you're dealing with this, that, and the other, will you still bless the Lord at all times? And so I said, you know, I got to have a deeper relationship with you, God. Because this surface stuff won't get it when the real fire come on. Let me tell you something. That brother got thrown. That was a re them real line. He slept with y'all. There wasn't no play lines. There wasn't no lines, you know, little play lines, you know. That was not symbol we see on Lion King, okay? These were some real lines. Lines, y'all. Lines. They were so real, the people the next morning, they got ate up before they even made it to the ground. There was a real line. But you know what that brother did? He slept with them. I mean, I mean, you got to be, I will bless the Lord at all times. I know we talk that, but I'm talking about when you get in a real situation. I, I ain't talking about the little play stuff, you know, I'm two cents short. I remember uh, yesterday I went back to get some change. I gave the, uh, the person, you know, you try to get back coins and stuff instead of pennies. I gave the person X number of dollars, and they still shorted me some coins. And I was thinking, I'm saved, y'all. Let them walk out the door. <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times. You be a time, hey, brother, I'm, I'm short. <laughs> I ain't talking about a bunch of money. I'm talking about a nickel or a dime, something like that, too. <laughs> but I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise should continually be in my mouth. In this situation here, David, when you read about what David, what David was going through in Psalms 34 and 1, he had to pretend like he was mad to get out of a situation he was in because he thought they were going to do him harm. He penned this, I will bless the Lord at all times. Because David was on the run. He was on the run. He was, they were going to try to do him harm. And he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I said, whoo, am I going to be in a situation that I can bless the Lord? But this is what I, this is what I learned, though. I said, God, help us to get there. Help us to get there. I don't believe you will give us a word like that that would not help us to get to the point that no matter what comes up in our life, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, my praise is birthed from the revelation of who he is and what he means to me. I got to know who he is and what he means to me. See, that comes with knowledge and understanding of his written and revealed word, which I can receive daily if I choose to. That's why it's important to have a deep relationship with Jesus and to continue to build it daily. Not once a week, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You got to build it. Because why? You got to be able to bless the Lord at all times. It's something that's going to come from you. And this comes with knowledge and understanding of his word. And see, when he says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, his praise, his adoration, his thanksgiving and glory shall continually or always and daily be in my mouth. Thanksgiving has to be continually in our mouth. Adoration has to be continually in our mouth. And when it comes to the music ministry, my, my charge is to have that praise on the inside of me. Have the understanding of who he is. Have a knowing on the inside of who he is to me. I use my voice, my musical ability to lead others and celebrate and magnify who he is individually as well as corporately. I'm magnifying who he is because I know him. I'm not singing about somebody I don't know. I know him. See, it's one thing to sing a song, and we're grateful for the blessed, gifted, and talented singers and musicians in this great church. But the power of the song comes when I sing with an understanding, a purpose. I sing with passion. As a member of the music ministry, I must know my purpose, my reason for being. And see, we know that learning songs, getting the pitch, and playing the right be, uh, notes, and, and doing it in correct fashion, that's, that's, that's important, that's necessary. But I need to know the purpose for the members of the music ministry. Praise team and choir singers. What's their role to fit into the praise of our Jesus? To the song and do it to the best of our ability. See, our musician role is to play skillfully and unison with other musicians and to sing and to do it with singers because the singers are going to lift up praise in the song. And it's a blessing to be able to sing and you can sing with a congregation, sing with a microphone, and others can follow you. I, let me tell you something. That's a blessing because not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. So, one, I need, need, I need for them to assist me as the pastor and encourage and establish in God's word, God's way, and God's church through music and song. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 11. Therefore, comfort each other, edify one another, just as you also are doing. See, many of us can agree how a music ministry singer under the anointing has brought and continues to bring comfort and deliverance to us through song, even by way of the instruments. And deliverance, when we sing, the weight is lifted. You're helping me to get the weights off of me. You're helping to get the, that heavy burden off of me. So in turn, I can receive his word. We may come in feeling one way, but leave out feeling totally different. For example, we come in feeling sad, but leave out happy. Come in feeling oppressed or depressed, but leave out rejoicing and encouraged. Why? Because I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Second point is this. I want to minister in song effectively and successfully and efficiently and competent and effectively and with good understanding. Music, music ministry must be able to sing successfully with confidence and efficiency. We have to sing with confidence to the Lord and the Lord will minister to the congregation. When I sing to the Lord, I trust him to minister to the congregation. Oh, you got to hear that. You got to hear that. When I give praises to my Jesus, I expect him to minister to you. I don't want to minister to you because I may do it out of my flesh, out of my what? I may say, oh, they ain't jumping yet. Let me make them jump. They, they ain't shouting yet. Let, 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 let me make them shout. But if I let, if I praise him, if I glorify him and he ministers to you not only will the praise be in the sanctuary but it'll be on Tuesday, it'll be at your job it'll be amen with your family it'll be in your school, it'll be in the workplace, it'll be in your business it'll be 24 hours a day and 7 days a week 
See, if you caught up in just a, a feel-good moment, the feel-good moment will last when I, we do the benediction. But when you have a relationship with our Jesus, it's going to go deeper than this moment we have here together. Because you're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know why you're worshiping Jesus. You know why you're praising God. You know that he is a shield and a buckler. You know he's your strong, he, listen, a present help in the time of trouble. You know he's your refuge and your strength. And see, a refuge and a strength goes deeper than an emotion. Because you need a refuge and a strength even when you don't feel like he's there. You don't sense his presence, but you know because of his word that he's there. I need him when I go to work, y'all. I need him when I deal with my family, y'all. I need him when I deal with Listen, shopping in our local stores. I need him. I need him when I'm at a restaurant eating. I need him when I bless my food. I need him when I cut open that steak. I need him when I open that particular package that comes to my door. I need him. I need him. And it needs to be deeper than just this moment. I need him. I need him. So I need him. I need him. And this comes with a personal relationship with Jesus, knowing him to, to the point that you trust the process. You trust him. You trust, the, you trust the Lord working through the music ministry and the ones that are ministering to you. No matter the audience, Jesus gets the glory. If you're ministering to 220, 200, 2,000, you still minister the same way because you're ministering to Jesus. And when you minister to Jesus, I tell you, it has an effect. Because sometimes people get caught up with the crowd and say, you know what, I'm only ministering to two people. And, and so therefore, I ain't going to minister the same way as I would if it was 200. No, you got to minister to Jesus just like he's, listen, if he's the only one in the room. It reminded me of that when I started prayer this morning, they, they told me to run a little bit late, so I said, I start prayer. Nobody was in the sanctuary. And then I had to make up my mind, am I going to pray like the sanctuary is full? And I, but I'm praying to Jesus just like the sanctuary is full. How y'all follow me? I can call, well, ain't nobody here. I just say, well, now I lay me down to sleep. No, I got to be a real individual who prays. So my worship got to be just like if I'm ministering. Listen, my worship got to be like y'all are here or not here. Jesus is the object of my worship. I worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I want to minister to him. It's up to the music man, the leaders, to lead the team with that mindset of effectively, efficiently, and singing with a good understanding. Final purpose I want to talk about is this. To have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding insight to God's word. We want singers and musicians to know Jesus, his nature, and his character. Know his written and revealed word, which is why we're being fed knowledge and understanding. That's why being fed knowledge and understanding is so important. Otherwise, you can have get the people, but the focus will be on, not on the word, but self-promotion. Envy, jealousy, and all sorts of foolishness that hinders the church rather than helps the church. When you got people that are singing to the crowd but not to Jesus, you have a problem. We got to sing to Jesus and let Jesus bless the crowd. Jesus is the only one that can deliver the crowd. Jesus is the only one that can, that can minister life to the congregation. I got, Jesus got to do it. I can, listen, let me tell you something. We can get emotion. I, I have nothing against emotion. I'm an emotional person. Most of y'all probably know that by now. But I still got to minister to Jesus first. He says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct my path. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I got to seek him first. When I sing, I got to sing to Jesus. And see, my emotion and my passion for Jesus should be contagious to get on you. Mm -hmm. But if I'm doing it for show, and I've been in this long enough, I can pretty much, I, I, not everything. I know the singers, the singers, musicians, they know when people are doing it for show. Now me, I got to learn a little more. I got to learn. The singers, they know. 
They ain't singing for God. They trying to get a, a rise out the crowd. But people that sing for Jesus, I love hearing people that sing for Jesus. And let me say this to you. They may not sound the best, but I listen to their heart. I listen to their heart. Their heart says, I love Jesus, and I'm ministering to him. And I tell you, it makes to me all the difference in the world. Somebody that loves Jesus. Somebody that says, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'm going to practice. Listen, let me tell you ways you can help music ministry fulfill their purpose by being diligent, by being diligent, seeking and serving God, as well as supporting the pastors and others. By participating in music ministry training, rehearsals, and workshops. By listening and applying the weekly teaching, Sunday and Wednesday sermons and trainings, rehearsals, and specialized training. And when you do that, you're going to do it for Jesus. You're going to do it for Jesus. Your effort going to be like I'm Listen, I'm going to show up like Jesus is waiting for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister like I'm ministering to Jesus. I'm going to prepare like I'm preparing for Jesus. Because he know, they, like they, David learned, David was a man after God's own heart. You know that I think five of the seven, I believe five of the seven scriptures we referred to earlier came from the book of Psalms. And that David wrote most of them. That's why he could write and say, I will bless the Lord at all times, for his praise is continuously in my mouth. Because why? He knew who he was praising. And you got to know who you're praising in the middle of good times as well as challenging times. Now, let's look at praise for a moment. Praise is a song or a hymn of praise, adoration, thanksgiving, fame, and giving glory to God, which is powerful that God inhabits the praises of his people. We find this, we find this in the book of Psalms, chapter 22 and verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned, and enthroned. You dwell or you remain in the praises of Israel. Israel represents God's people, the nation or people of God after returning from exile, the place where God prevails. But notice that you are holy and throne, you dwell, and you remain in the praises of Israel or God's people. Now, worship is reverence, being in awe, to adore, bowing down, and humbling yourself before God, expressing respect or making supplication to God. We find this in John 4 and 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. The divine nature of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and truth, true according to God's written and revealed word. We praise and we worship our Jesus, and we do it in truth, spirit and in truth. I want us to look at, for, and one last thing I want to go over in my closing. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Praise is ammunition. It's a defense. It's that which brings about destruction. And when it comes to the enemy and our flesh, we must know what our weapons are and how to use them properly. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 tells us this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, pulling down stronghold. The weapons, the tools, and the instruments of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, powerful, strong, and influential in God for pulling down stronghold of which we can consider a fortress. Praise gives us what we need to fight the enemy with. Praise fights poverty. It fights unbelief. It fights oppression and depression. It fights lust. It fights carnal desires. It fights sickness. It fights disease and many more things that I probably have not even mentioned. Praise will fight it. Let me say this to you. I know many of you know that praise is a weapon. You have used it in your own personal life. And you have whooped the devil because you know how to praise him. I, I need to use the word to defeat the enemy. Remember that the battle is not ours, but the Lord. He has a method to give us the victory. 
I want you to notice one particular example we have here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 22. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Notice this in 2 Chronicles 20 and 22. Now, when they begin to, notice this, sing and to praise. The Lord, notice this, not them, but the Lord set up. He employed, he appointed ambushes. Somebody lying in wait against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. These were the enemies of this particular group who had come against Judah. And interesting, Judah means praise. Judah means praise. They had, listen, God said, I want the individuals who are praising me to be in a position to continue to praise me. So, therefore, if something is hindering your praise, you really know that God will set something up to stop the enemy from, listen, good, let, me, let me put this another way. If something is trying to stop you from your praise, God will set up something to ambush something that's stopping you from your continued praise. So if something is stopping me from praising God, then the, when I begin to put, get that praise and I said I'm doing it at all times, I made up my mind, do it at all times, but there's something trying to stop me, God will stop that thing from stopping me. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that good to know? If you got something that's trying to stop you from coming to the house of God to give God praise, God will set up an ambush against it. If you got sickness trying to stop you, God will set up an ambush against it. If you got, amen, lack coming up, God will set up an ambush against lack. If you, you need some gas money, God will give you gas money to get in the house of God to get your praise on. Listen, if you need something, God got something to help you along the way. Because why? He a present help. He a present help. Because why? It can't make his Judah the praise. And those in the latter part of that verse. And they defeated. And they were defeated. They smite them, slain them. They caused them to stumble. We must allow David's words to get in our being and be determined to allow Psalms 34.1 to manifest in us as well as through us which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In fact, will you say that with me? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.